Hello, listeners. Welcome back to Two Peas in a Podcast, starring Mr. Cologne and Mrs. Harrison. This week's special guest is Mrs. Jan Haneke. We know you all miss her, so be sure to keep listening to hear more about what Mrs. Haneke has been up to since retiring and some fun stories about her time at Viz. Hello, welcome to Two Peas in a Podcast. I'm David Cologne, the head of school at Visitation Academy in St. Louis, Missouri, and with me is... Danielle Harrison, Director of Mission Integration, and uh, we are so happy to have our special guest today, Jan Haneke, former Visitation PE health teacher and student council moderator. Woohoo! <laughs> hey, so, Jan, how are you? I'm really, good really morning, good. Good morning, welcome. Thank Jan, you. you are I'm just going to start with saying you are a legend, and this was like, <laughs> no, you are here by popular demand on this, so this is really exciting to have you here. There's nary a day that goes by that somebody's not singing your praises, just so you know. That makes me smile bigger than you can see, <laughs> <laughs> and makes me feel really, really special. Well, welcome to our podcast. Actually, you were just talking about your grandmother? My godmother. Your godmother, rather, was talking about podcasts, right? Yeah, so. She asked me what one was, and I had to think how you explain other than it's basically a radio show or a radio interview. Yeah. Well, we're super excited to have you here. Why don't you just tell people, because not everyone knows you, just tell us a little about what you, sort of what you did here during your time at Viz. I've been here, I was at Viz for 20-something years. I can't even count how many. And um, I started teaching two days a week, and I taught the 10th and 11th grade, and then I taught one class of preschoolers. And then after the first year, I was Wait, here Wait, that was in days. one year? I'm that sorry was in interrupt. one year. That's a jump, I, isn't it? It was a jump. The next year was even more exciting. I taught four days a week, and I taught high school, and then I went and taught the preschool the last period of the day, the little Montessori preschool, and then I went out on the field and coached. So my voice change was pretty dramatic. <laughs> what was your um, favorite part of being here at Viz? I know Gosh, that's a hard question. There's a lot of favorite things. Um, truly, my you know my, the cohorts, my the people I taught with, and the students were the fa- favorite favorite part of being here at Viz. But just the feeling of community. Everybody's there for you. Um, we w- I witnessed a lot of things in 20-something years, and, and the support in this building, the community in this building, is really the favorite thing about having been here. As far as a favorite part, it's hard to say. There were so many just-because days and so many field days and so many just even special things that happened in a classroom. I, one of my favorite things was teaching archery and having somebody hit the target for the first time ever. And they're, you know, they jump. I mean, everything, everybody thinks we're going to get shot because they jump up in the air with their bow. But those are very special things. How, how long before you started getting involved with student council? I think I was here eight I believe it was eight years before I, I coached the field hockey team. And when I chose at the end of a season to say that I wasn't going to coach field hockey the next year, <laughs> it wasn't too many months before I was asked if I would do student council. So they didn't give me much time to, <laughs> to rest. Right, right. No rest. To take a break. Right. So yeah. when you did Stuco, what, what was your sort of philosophy behind that? Because that, that's an important responsibility. It is. 
one thing, and I wish I could say that I did this really, really well, but I didn't, is I used to try to live by the motto, you cannot not model. So everything you do, everything you do, somebody else sees. You're modeling behavior for whoever's watching you, whether you know they're watching you or not. And I'd like to say that I always modeled appropriate behavior and appropriate response, but as these girls would even know, that's not always possible. And I tried really hard to model the behavior that you're there to listen, you're there to hear everybody's ideas and to bring it all together. But there were times where I wanted my voice to be heard a little bit more than, or, or to bring them back to reality maybe, you know, to say those are grand ideas, but we can't make them happen in this setting or whatever it might be. And I, right. I didn't like being the person that was squashing their ideas, but it had to happen. Somebody right. had to do it sometimes or, you know, to say financially we can't do that. So another, I know another love that you used to have was a uh, Salesian Leadership Camp. Mm -hmm. Now tell me a little bit about your um, participation in the camp. And well, it went from just going one year and assisting Colleen Hebron, I, I opened my mouth at the <laughs> one summer and said... There's a pattern here. Yes, there is a pattern. Open Thank mouth and start... Yes. No, <laughs> no um, not... A, it's doing great things. Thank I, you. I said it in the middle of one summer, tell me more about this camp, because some student council girls had gone, and, and the camp was explained to me, and then I said to Colleen, if you ever need another chaperone, let me know. And the very next year, the, the camp... Supervisor asked Colleen to be on the committee that organizes things, and so then I went as a moderator. And it grew from just going and kind of watching to giving a talk to being in charge of tie-dye to <laughs> setting tables, being the lead person in the dorm. It's such a wonderful experience, and I could not say no to pretty much anything yeah. they asked me to do. So Jan, you were also, in addition to everything else, a legendary coach. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about your coaching, because you're still coaching. I am still coaching uh, the racquetball team here at Visitation. And um, racquetball is a little different because we can, it's not considered a Missouri State sport. It's not governed by them, even though we follow many of their rules. So we actually can have middle schoolers and high schoolers on our team, which is unusual. Yeah. So we have seventh through 12th grade on the racquetball team. And every year we have about 30 girls that play. Um, and some years we're just beating everybody else up and some years it's the opposite. Um, so it just kind of comes and goes, but it's wonderful to coach them and to watch the girls grow. That's the the fun part is you take them on as a seventh grader who has maybe never held a racket before and by their junior and senior year they're playing amazingly and that's a fun transition to watch. When I first started coaching racquetball I had very very little experience. There were eight field hockey players who I had coached in field hockey who wanted to play racquetball and the only way they could play is if they could find a coach and they came to me and asked me if I would coach them. And I said, well, I can't coach you, but I can supervise you. And we actually took lessons together. Wow. Yeah. That's great modeling. Learn. That right. is. So that I could learn and then take them forward from them. Yeah. 
It's a lot in of In terms of, of coaching, because to me that's such an important part of, of a school like Viz's mission. What do you think the kids get, aside from sort of the ability to sort of play racquetball or field hockey or something, what do they get? And one thing that, racquetball again is a little different in that um, there isn't the, there's, there's definitely competitiveness, but there's also a lot of friendship that goes on. They... Um, in fact, our our number one player, Ellie Batchik, has become really good friends with a girl from the Lindbergh School District, and so they practice together, and that's just a really neat that's thing. Nice. They they'll call each other and say, "Can you hit? I want you know I need some extra court time," and it's something that you certainly wouldn't do on a basketball team or mm. you know on a volleyball team. You wouldn't go normally in and practice with your competitor um so that's something a little bit different that's great and it's it's the same as tennis in that you have that team aspect but really it's an individual sport mm. and i've watched girls grow in self-confidence mm -hmm. come into the court saying i can't win i can't do this and then starting to believe in themselves and know that they can and we just start with okay let's see if we can get one point just go for one point, yeah. that's all it is. And then we'll build off that one point. So it's an enjoyable sport to coach. One of the interesting parts, you know, as, uh, just listening to this and then hearing from the students and, and your colleagues here, all the great things you've done, you're now retired, <laughs> sort of. Sort of. And so what, what, just tell us a little bit, what, what are you up to now? Mm, um, well, first and foremost, enjoying my granddaughters. That would be the, the best thing about retirement. Um, and then just not being on a specific schedule, getting to ride my bike when I want, getting to, I'll, just, I'll say one of the biggest things is not having to do everything that you would do all week long in two days. Normally Sunday wasn't a day of rest. Sunday, for those of you who work five and six days a week, know that Sundays do the laundry, do the cooking, do right. this, and, and that's all disappeared. And I'm going to do some traveling and just enjoy family for as long as God permits me to do. So, yeah. Jan, as you're enjoying semi-retirement, or what advice would you give for the girls in terms of stress? Well, as I told you when I walked in the door, the biggest thing that I've noticed is that I have no stress this year. Part of it is... Um, I have no reason to pro procrastinate on anything, so I'm not doing that. I'm, you know, I'm doing things as they come, and nothing's piling up. And I would say that's the biggest advice I would give anybody here: is that don't let those stacks of things pile up. Don't wait till the last second to do that research paper. Uh, don't wait till the last second to study for the test and cram the night before. And we've all done it. I did it plenty of times, but. I see now that that was not a good decision. <laughs> I was trying to say to my kids, do your homework Friday night. Nobody ever listens to that. But I really think just because then the whole weekend's yours. Right. As hard right. as it is, it's like then Saturday, there's no a lot less of that Sunday night stress. Exactly. That you get in there. Right. Well, it's so great to have you back just to see you in the hallways. I mean, even the girls were like just really excited. So we're just so thankful that you were able to stop by our little podcast <laughs> and right. catch, us, catch us up on how life's going after Viz. But it's really never after Viz, no. is it, Jan? No. You're here a it's lot, not. still. You're doing stuff. <laughs> That's what, the best part about the retirement, I always say when somebody retires is just come by during a meeting and just gently walk by and wave <laughs> and just say, look at your watch and leave and just go home. 
Make sure you say hi to your godmother. I hope she listens in on this. I'll have to share this. Yes. Well, thank you so much, Jan Haneke. And thank you all. This is Dave Colon saying goodbye along with... Danielle Harrison. And thank you for listening to Two Peas in a Podcast. Bye-bye. Thank you so much to Mrs. Haneke for joining us today. And thank you all for listening. We have two podcast episodes left of the school year. So stay tuned and thanks for listening.